Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 54 of Connection Not Perfection, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am thrilled that you're hanging out with me today. If you're a return visitor, you know that I love helping parents connect with their teens. And you may also know that not long ago, I decided to make a pivot to include teachers in the mix because I'm all about helping them connect with the teens in their lives, their students, too. And that's what today's episode is all about. It's the first half of a conversation I have with Melissa Castillo, a National Board Certified Professional Teacher, a blogger, an academic coach, a curriculum designer, and a technology integrator with 30 years of experience. Now, during her years in the classroom, she served as a teacher mentor for colleagues and student teachers. She's the owner of MBC Academic Coaching, and she also works as a freelance writer and photographer. One of her passion projects right now is supporting new middle school educators, and that is how we connected, and it's what we're talking about today. It's our best advice for new teachers as they step into their first classrooms. We were so excited during our conversation and so into it that I actually broke our talk into two parts. So this is the first half and next week I will share the second. So without further ado, let's jump in. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. I was super excited that we connected, which is kind of a funny story. I was a little bit stalking you on your Facebook page and accidentally clicked an automated message and the messaging app popped up and there you were asking, hey, how can I help you? And so I just thought, well, I'll just let her know I was stalking her and why and, and that kind of thing. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what that Facebook page is and how you got there? Okay, well, thanks for having me on. The Facebook page is Prepping for Success for Beginning Teachers. And the way that group came about was I was looking for a way to serve teachers and just kind of did some searching and was a member of different Facebook groups and kept seeing this need from new teachers for help, for mentorship, for support. And it, they were getting answers and but not really in-depth answers or answers that I thought were, were going to help them in the classroom. So I thought I was looking for a niche and that seemed to be it. So I started the Facebook group and it has just grown so much, probably in the, the last six weeks. I've got about 400 members, which is phenomenal. So that lets you know that there's a need out there. And I'm, I'm so happy to have, to have formed the group because I've really been able to share a lot. And then, of course, other members have joined in and offered advice and support and just to have a sounding board because you know a lot of new teachers don't want to appear that they are, are not knowledgeable or that they don't know what they're doing so they're really sort of apprehensive about going to a, a lead teacher or to a principal to ask for help for that reason so they you know they don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing so this is a safe space so to speak for them. I love that I love that and that that's exactly what I think probably new teachers need because it is hard in those, that first year to admit that you don't know something and sometimes you don't even know what you don't know, right? Exactly. So it takes being in community to figure that out. So I love that, that you did that. So you, it, it sounds like too, your mission is, is to help with content creation and, and things like that as well or help me understand a little bit when you say support and things like that, 
what you mean. Because I know for me, what I'm looking to do for teachers is to really support them more in how they're connecting with their students. Because for me, I'm going to assume you know what you're doing with your content. You know uh, you're an expert in that area and in your knowledge of what you're teaching. I want to come alongside you and help you um, connect with the kids so that that transfer of knowledge is easier, more meaningful, more impactful, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's perfect. And, you know, teachers really are now focusing on developing and maintaining relationships with students because the research has shown this is a critical component of teaching is developing those relationships. And teachers don't always come knowing how, how to do that. If you, you know, don't have children or you not work regularly with children, they, they just need that foundation and that framework for how to set up establishing relationships. So I think that's going to be a great area for you to, to jump in on. For me, I'm providing sort of a, just a, a whole approach to not only um, content, but of course, my members are different subject areas. And when I took a poll, a lot of them are language arts teachers, which is my um, my area. But then I have a huge following that their subject area is not language arts. Classroom management is one of my strong suits. So that's not something you go in as a new teacher, really understanding how to manage 25 30, I'm even finding teachers with 35 students. Gosh, so oh my gosh. really strong management skills. And let's face it, not, not a lot of new teachers know how to do that. So I'm trying to provide support and materials and curriculum for them to set up their classroom, to be able to manage it, how to have kids working together collaboratively, just the flow of the everyday process, handling of the paperwork. There's just so much involved in the management portion of that. And so I'm focusing a lot on that. Of course, my language arts materials and resources are, um, are out there as well. I do a lot of digital escape rooms, digital breakouts, and things that really engage students. So I'm, I'm looking to help teachers with engaging resources as well. So that's, you know, that's kind of how that, that came about. Wow. So you really have a holistic approach. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting. I, I interviewed several middle school teachers as I was kind of starting the process of pivoting in my uh, the podcast, Connection Not Perfection, that we're doing right now, which I'm, I'm still geared towards parents, but I'm trying to fold middle school teachers into the mix because I think it's such a pivotal time period for kids. But I think that what I heard a lot was you can't connect with your students unless you have good classroom management because that creates the safe environment that creates the structure that enables you to have the freedom to connect. So I love that that's one of your specialties. That's great. Right. So in your experience, which again, you taught middle school for how many years? 30 years. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Like I just middle school and you know, you find your, you find your, your people, you find your tribe, and middle school was it for me. I did have a little exposure in uh, the lower grades. Thank you, thank you to those elementary school teachers because yeah. you've, you've, you're doing a great job. It's not a job I could ever do. High school, I work with high school students in my academic and life coaching. I just love middle school. I just love that age and um, I just enjoyed working with that, that group of kids. So that's where I spent all of my career. I love that. I love it. And let's just pause for a moment and just appreciate that 
30 years of going every day to work with, with kids in the throes of puberty and all kinds of drama, like as we well know that that happens in middle school. So I, I love that that's your passion. And I, that is what I hope that we can inspire in other middle school teachers is that passion for this age group, because I feel like sometimes they get, they get a bad rap, if, if that makes sense. Because I'm sure you've experienced the, the whole, like telling people you're a middle school teacher and getting the response of, oh my gosh, like I could never, I could never. So I love your passion for that. That's great. So as a teacher with 30 years of experience in the classroom, I do have a couple of questions for you because I'm curious if I was a brand new teacher and I came to you and said, what, just give me one thing, one thing that I need to know, do whatever. What's, what would your number one piece of advice be? to someone who's starting their teaching career in the middle school right now? My number one piece of advice would be to let the students know that you see them, you hear them, you acknowledge them as human beings, that you understand who they are and that, that you care about who they are. That's the foundation. If you don't establish that from the get-go, I feel like you're going to have a difficult time trying to deliver any other message because some of these kids are coming in on survival mode. As you said, especially in middle school, they're hormonal. They're just all over the place. They're trying to discover who they are. And if they know that you care about them personally and that you have their best interest, I really feel like then you're open, they're open to anything that you, you need to teach them or to share with them. So just creating that relationship and building that relationship, which can be done very easily um, from the beginning. And teachers, I think, get so involved in trying to come in and immediately hit the curriculum. There's a lot of pressure on teachers to, to have their students perform well on state assessments. So they feel like they have to jump in immediately and start with the curriculum, the material, the assessment. When Honestly, teachers should be spending the first week at a minimum doing nothing but building relationships, setting up their routines and procedures and expectations for success for kids. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I think too, what I'm hearing you say is something that my kids and I talk about a lot, which is having respect and looking at them as human beings, the same as you and me. Now, obviously you are in charge and an authority in the classroom, but having sure. that respect for them. And, and I think about too, being able to say, okay, if I was in a classroom or when you go and do professional development, I think when somebody gets up to teach you, you can have some pretty visceral reactions immediately based on how they speak to you, um, based on their tone and their attitude, that those things are either going to help you learn whatever is being taught or are going to prohibit you from learning. And kids are exactly the same way, I think. They have very keen perceptive skills, I think, that we don't always give them credit for. And whatever energy you have, they're picking up on it. So um, if you're having that nervous energy and I've got to hit the curriculum, I've got to hit the curriculum without building in the relationship like you're talking about, I think you're going to have in the long term, a much harder time. So it's kind of like you're paying, you're paying up front for what you want to have for the whole year. So spending the time up front is going to pay huge dividends so that you're not kind of having to backtrack and try to do things after you've kind of bungled things up a bit to be really frank. 
Yeah. Exactly. And and sometimes you're not able to go back and to, to reestablish that relationship and that community of success. I tell the new teachers all the time, that community of success is something that has to start from day one and, and you're a participant in that. So whatever expectations you're putting out there, they're going to rise to those and your expectations need to be high for your students, even if they don't meet the, the exact standard that you're, you know, of expectation, they're going to come closer than if you set it on a lower, on a lower level. So it's really important that, you know, that first week at a minimum to just come in and to set the expectations to create that community of success with their kids. Yes. Well, and two, I feel like having those high expectations is crucial because not only are you communicating, I expect big things of you, but you're communicating, I believe that you can do those big things. And if you set your expectations low, you're communicating, I don't think you can do that. And again, kids pick up on that energy. So I think exactly, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. Okay. So in your experience and working with your Facebook group, what have you found to be the most common two to three, maybe four issues or questions that new teachers have? Probably the top question is classroom management, wanting to know how to organize your kids from everything entry into the classroom. What new teachers don't realize is the way you allow your students to enter a classroom really can set the tone for not only the rest of that class period, but for the entire year. You're not herding cattle. Uh, so I'm, I'm big into procedures as far as uh, having the teachers stand in the hall, greet each student, and just really start making that connection even before they get into the classroom. So procedures as far as how do you get your students into the classroom? How do you set up your seating arrangements? Um, how do you have your students work together in groups? What does that look like? Because collaboration is a, is a big deal right now for teachers, and they just don't know how to organize that. And so that's a big, um, a big question is how do I organize that? How do I get everything in place so that it runs smoothly? I think another is just understanding what's expected as far as the campus or district uh, from them as a teacher, what, what does my syllabus need to look like? How do I put together my lesson plans? Because that might be very different than what you were taught in university or were taught in your courses. So how to access those forms and those formats and then put what you know into that format. So a couple of, you know, just a couple of things as far as the, the logistics of the lesson planning, the syllabus. Um, another is how to structure their time. So some teachers have 45 to 55 minutes. What does that look like? How do I transition from the bell ringer of the morning work into my direct teach? How do I get my students back on track from stations? Some teachers have 90 minutes. Good grief, what do I do for 90 minutes with kids, with middle school kids or with any kids? What do I do for 90 minutes? How does that work? What does that look like? So a lot of the questions I'm getting are procedural what how to how to put that program together so it just mess it meshes and flows together from one bell to the to the end i would agree wholeheartedly because i would say for me my first year of teaching what was difficult and hard and challenging wasn't so much dealing with the kids and being in the classroom and teaching it was all of the requirements outside of the classroom and the meetings and the paperwork and 
you know, all, it was like death by a thousand paper cuts and, and not knowing what you didn't, you don't know what you don't know. And so trying to figure it all out and make sure you're hitting all of the things that you're supposed to hit and, and doing that. So how great to have somebody to walk alongside you and, and give you the heads up and also give you a plan and a, and a framework really to handle all those things because it, right. it can be, I feel like it can be super overwhelming and reaching out for help is um, hard to, like we said before, hard to do at a campus level sometimes because all the teachers around you are having to do the same things. And so anyway, I think that that's great that you offer those things. Um, right. the, other, the other thing that I wanted to say, kind of going back to something we talked about a minute ago about the, being out in the hallway and greeting your students and welcoming them in. Um, I know you and I talked about a little bit before we recorded, um, looking at different teacher groups online and seeing the questions that were being asked and the advice that's being given. And one of the things that I've noticed is, and I've seen this several times, and I remember hearing it as, as a new teacher as well, which is start the year off mean because you can always get nicer, but you can't, you know, you can't always rein it back in. And there's a part of me that just kind of rears back at that and thinks, no, I don't. And, and I really believe you do not have to be mean but you do have to be firm and have authority. But there's a way to do that that meshes with your personality and your way, your sense of humor and your way of doing things. How would you advise somebody on how to set that tone at the beginning of, of the year where I, I just don't think mean is, is necessarily the right word, or maybe you do. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about that. I know I'm throwing you a curveball here, but. No, no, no. And that's such a great question because I think as teachers, we, we, we progress and we develop and we learn and we grow. And I can tell you right now, straight up, that was one of the things that I struggled with was that balance. You do hear that. You, you hear, you know, go in and you don't smile until December. I, looking back, no, that's not, that's not a good philosophy at all, but, but it's very hard to balance because you do want the students to respect you and to understand that, the expectations are there, they're high, that you're going to be firm, that you're not going to, to give in. And it really is difficult to balance that. And, and that was probably one of the most difficult things and probably something that I was criticized most for was maybe being too firm with students. And, and so just learning to grow from that feedback and from that, that criticism, really. Um, and, and that's okay. Sometimes you, you want to take that personally, but you, but you really can't because if your goal is to help students and to be there for students, then you really have to look at that. So one of the things that I also ask of the new teachers to do is a lot of reflection. You really have got to reflect on your practice. And the, when I started doing the reflection, and that came about as a part of my national board certification. I'm national board certified, and that was some of the, the most career-changing professional development I did in my, my years of teaching. But it really helped you to focus on the student and reflecting on how you were interacting and what you were delivering to the student. So new teachers, it's critical for them to reflect on their practice on a daily basis and just to try to achieve that balance because it, it is difficult. You, you're you're afraid if you go in and you're not firm enough or if you don't have the expectations in place that the class is just, you know, will have mutiny. And then if you're too firm, well, then, you know, you look like you're uncaring and you're unfeeling. So it really is, I found it to be a difficult balance. And like I said, it was one of the areas that 
that really I probably struggled with most in my career in the in the beginning part just to try to get that balance of but when I started focusing on students and getting them to understand that I was creating this community of success for them together with them is when that fell into place so I really focus on that with my new right well and I think too what you just said focusing on the students as a first-year teacher, especially if it's your first job out of college, sometimes it is so hard to separate your identity from who you are versus what you do. And yeah. when you can look at your teaching as something that you do, not so much who you are, it makes it a little bit easier to accept critique and really learn from people and, you know, welcoming people in your into your classroom to observe and to give feedback and all, and all those things. I think that's something that I really want to encourage teachers to be open to is you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a horrible teacher. It just means you're learning and it's a journey. And I think it is one, a profession, I think, where it feels like maybe people who step into the classroom for the first time have the same expectations placed on them as somebody who, like you, who's been stepping into the classroom for 30 years, right? So, so really being able to make that separation and say, yes, I'm a teacher, but how I'm teaching and what I'm doing is constantly evolving. And the more feedback and input I can get on that, the better off I'm going to be because it's not about me. It's about my kids and their learning and, and not just their learning, but their social development and emotional development and all those great things, especially at, you know, 13, 14, 15, where some really formative things are happening, I think. Exactly, exactly. And that to be able to accept that feedback uh, is, is the way you grow, but, but that is difficult as a new teacher. It's, it's very difficult to do. So um, just, you know, that reflection time for for teachers on a on a regular basis what am i doing what are others saying what are others doing how does that impact me where can i grow what things can i change that really important for new teachers for all teachers but but especially coming in as a new teacher what format do you suggest for teachers as far as reflection are you talking about just thinking about it or actually journaling or both or I, what what is your advice on that to the people that you're working with? My, my advice for new teachers is to find a method that's going to work for you. Obviously, I don't want to come in and say, you know, creative journaling or visual journaling or, or writing. Uh, I have a very good friend who journals every afternoon on her back porch. And I am also a professional freelance writer. And I, I write, you know, for, for a living and did was a journalist for a, a good portion of my college career, and I'm, I'm not a journal writer. Now, I'm more of a visual journaler, but I also do just a lot of uh, thinking, jot noting, that kind of thing as far as reflection. I think to find whatever method of reflection works for you. Some people do like to journal. Uh, some people like to just lose themselves in maybe um, a hobby, something, you know, that they do, whether it's uh, gardening or they're playing the piano or they're just listening to music or whatever just to have a quiet time that time with yourself to reflect whether you put that down on paper I think is is not so important uh, as just to make sure that you have that time of reflection that quiet time that you get with yourself to think about what am I doing in my practice how how am I impacting students where where can I improve on that what can I change what's really working well so I think of just a reflective period 
whatever that looks like is 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 important whether or not it has to be in writing is i think is optional right well what i love about what you just described is that it sounds a lot like good self-care really which i think is hard that first year as well but really taking the time for yourself but having it be intentional as far as what you're thinking about what you're reflecting on and, and those kinds of things i think um i love that because I think maybe more frequently now it, um, you're hearing, well, you know, do good self-care, take time for yourself. But I think you do need that added layer over it to be processing at some level while you're doing those things. So I love that. Right. Right. I actually put out a self-care calendar for my new and beginning teachers and it was just received so well. And and those are the little things that, that, that you can do to, to help them out and just, you know, to have something for them to check off. Okay, I, I did this, or here's a suggestion for something. One of the other things I did on a blog post was how to put together your back to school self-care kit. And that's basically, you know, a, a kit or a backpack or something where you put together um, some extra snacks, bottled of water, you know, bottles of water, an extra change of clothes, a comfortable pair of shoes, all those little things you don't think about because chances are you're going to miss lunch. Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have a clothing malfunction of some sort, whether it's self-inflicted or student-inflicted, and you just don't know these things. You know, have some safety pins. Make sure you have your Advil or your Tylenol. Um, just some little things that you can go back to when those emergencies happen or when you need some self-care. But you don't think about that as a new and beginning teacher because you're so overwhelmed with just getting in there, getting the curriculum. What are the district procedures I have, I'm having to follow? When do I turn in my lesson plans? The last thing you've thought about is, do I, do I have a lunch or a snack or a bottle of water or an extra pair of comfortable shoes? Right. Just where were you things. first teaching? Where were you? Like, because truly you have to learn that the hard way sometimes and that's again just that statement right there learning the hard way I think that maybe there has been this attitude and correct me if you if you think differently on this but sometimes it is like hey kiddo you just have to get in there and have your hard knocks and then figure it out you know and I don't I don't think that that's true I think that there are resources maybe not as many as, as you and I would like, right? right, right now, but, but there are resources out there that can give you those little tips and hints that are going to help in the, in the bigger picture, right? Because you don't want to have to think about a safety pin or the button coming off your pants or needing that comfortable pair of shoes at the end of the day or, or, or whenever. It's so nice to have that all, somebody already who's been in the trenches saying, hey, this is really great to have. You'll appreciate having it put this together, do this, you know, just having that kind of support behind you and somebody having your back in that way. Right. And, and some of the feedback that I got on the, the group was, you know, just thank you for sharing those little small details because now I feel like I'm at least somewhat prepared for the first week. Thanks again to Melissa for all the wisdom she shared. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the second half of our talk when we dive into what it looks like to truly connect with your students, what it looks like to build trust in your classroom, and how it feels to run into former students who are all grown up. 
So please be sure to check out the show notes for this episode, where I have a link to Melissa's post on creating your own school care kit that she talked about earlier in the episode, as well as a link to my Start Strong checklist, a resource that's going to help you get started in organizing your classroom for your first weeks of school. So you can find those links and more at theishgirl.com forward slash EP54. That's theishgirl.com forward slash EP54. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me today. It is an honor and a privilege to be in your earbuds, and I appreciate you trusting me with your time. And as always, from an ish girl who cannot even believe that my own baby is starting his senior year of school next week crying. I'm crying. It's all about connection, not perfection.